Okay, we're going to learn a bit about the institution of the Yom Tif of Hanukkah and the mitzvah of reciting Halil on Hanukkah. Um, now, there is no tractate of Mishnayis that is devoted to Hanukkah, and the Talmud, the Gemara, discusses Hanukkah in the context of the laws of Shabbos, because in the laws of Shabbos, the Talmud discusses which candles, which type of candles are kosher to be used as Shabbat candles um, and in that context we go into the laws of the Hanukkah candles and then the Gemara says well actually what's Hanukkah all about? My Hanukkah, what is Hanukkah all about? The Torah Rabbanon, Gemara quotes a Braisa today teaching on the 25th of Kislev there are eight days of Hanukkah starting on the 25th of Kislev so this is the first time Hanukkah is introduced this is the sort of the constitution of Hanukkah. Eight days of Hanukkah beginning on the 25th of Kislev. The Loyla Mishpat Bahainit is forbidden to eulogize um, on Hanukkah. The Loyla Salis Bahainit is forbidden to fast on these days. Why? When the Syrian Greeks entered the sanctuary, they, um, they uh, contaminated all the oils that they found there. When the kingdom of the Hashminoim, of the Hasmoneans, um, won the war and um, overpowered the Greeks, they searched and could only find one mere little, uh, one mere um, jug, cruise of oil, which was had the, the, the seal of the Kohen Gadl, which indicated that they had not tampered with it. It only had enough oil to burn for one day. A miracle tra- occurred with Likov Manushmeri Yomim, and they lit from it for eight days. The next year, they fixed them these days. And they made these days to be Yomim Toivim, to be a holidays. To recite Halil. And to recite thanks. Thanks refers to the Va'al Hanisim, which we say thanking Hashem for the miracles in the blessing of Shemun which is dedicated to thanking Hashem. Now, it's a bit of a curious expression. They made them Yomim Tevim with Halil and Hidah. You may have expected it to say they made them, they made these days Yomim Tevim. And one says on them, Halil and Hoidah. But Rashi explains that actually the words Yomim Tevim would be a bit interesting here because usually when you say something is a Yomtev, a Yomtev is defined by being Asr B'Molacha, by being forbidden to do Molacha's work. Hanukkah is obviously not forbidden to do work. So we say, The Chachamim made these days Yomim Tevim through Halil and Hoidah. In other words, the... the what the, the things that character give these days the category of a yomtif are the fact that we say halo and we say the alhanism. Now, how soon after the actual event was it adapted as a holiday? The Gemara says Lashona Acheras, the next year. Um, now, actually, these words of the Shada Acheres, the next year they made them a Yom Tif, depending on how much time we have, I may have to finish a few minutes early today, 
Um, in fact, I do have to finish a few minutes early today. Um, but it may become very significant in understanding the mitzvah of Halal on Hanukkah. But just I'll say a word which I heard in the past, I believe from the Bnei Soscha, from the Dineva, that he says that there's many, there's many Yomim Tovim, there's many uh, things that happen to the Jewish people throughout history. And many of them we don't commemorate on an annual basis and definitely don't have a whole holiday focused on them. So what is it about the miracle of Hanukkah that is different? So he says like this, we know in Chassidus it explains that every time there's a Yom Tov, it's not just commemorating as something of the past, but it's actually re-happening now. Every time on Pesach, that revelation, revelation which, the, which the Jewish people experienced going out of Egypt, happens again. Shavuos is Machtan Torah, happens every time, Rosh Hashanah, we're re-coronating Hashem, every time there's a Jewish holiday, it's not just history, but it's actually the, pre- the present. Now, some things happen, whatever, something happened, they wish to cause the miracle to happen, cause the special salvation to come to the Jewish people, and that's the end of it. But some things happen because those days or that period are specifically um, unique for, 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 for this, these types of events to happen and, the, and therefore year after year the, the same energies are available to us again so he says that that's Pshat in the Gemara that the next year they made the Imam Tevim Bahal the miracle happened, everyone thanked Hashem and we, we got on with life so to speak but the next year, when the same anniversary of those days came about, and Chazal realized that, hey, the same energy that we had through the miracle last year is now available again to us this year, that is that instigated that they should say, oh yes, well, this is one of those events which deserves to be marked down in Jewish calendars for prosperity. Now, so in other words, the, the greatness of it was so much that it, it is extended. It, it, it exactly. Now, the Gemara says, <coughs> in the this is a famous Gemara, I've actually mentioned it a number of times in, in Beis Menachem on various occasions, um, which talks about the general obligation of reciting Halil on the holidays. There are 18 days on which an individual completes Halil. Now, I'm not going to get into the word individual here, because th- th- why he says an individual as opposed to just we do is a discussion which is beyond the scope. And he says that there are 18 days on which we complete the Halil. What are the 18 days? Shmoyna Yimei HaChag, 8 days of Sukkot. Shmoyna Yimei Hanukkah, 8 days of Hanukkah. Yom Tevrishon Shal Pesach, the first day of Pesach. Yom Tevshalatzeres, the one day of Shavuos. Those are the 18 days on which one completes Halal. Uva Goyla, in Chutz Laaretz, where we do two days of Yom Tev. So there are Esrim Echad, there are 21 days. Tisha Yimei Echag, the nine days of Sukkot. Shmoyni Yimei Chanukah, eight days of Chanukah, because even in Chutz Laaretz, there is no ninth day of Chanukah. Shnei Yom Tevim Shal Pesach, two days of Pesach, because even though we only say Halal on the first day of Pesach, but in Chutzlaret we do the first day of Pesach twice, and the two days of Shavuos. Now you'll notice, of course, that 
even though we say Halal on Rosh Chodesh, and we also say Halal on the rest of the days of Pesach, but on those days we do not say whole Halal, we say Chatsi Halal, which is not half Halal, it's Agrabi Epstein very accurately says, a bridged Halal, bridged, right? Yeah, a bridged, a bridged yeah. Halal, because it's not half, you only are missing two, omitting uh, two, two, par- two, two paragraphs. paragraphs. Yeah. So it, it, we say Chatsi <coughs> Halal, but Rabbi Epstein well, translates it as. Well, that's uh, that. That's what I was going to say. He said, um, "The mitzvah of reciting halal is to say the whole halal." And in fact, when we say the bracha on halal, we say halal to read the halal. But the Rambam says, and I believe this is the Sfardi custom, that the bracha is ligmer as a halal to complete the halal. So anytime we say less than complete halal, that is not really the mitzvah of halal, and that is just a custom. And because it's just a custom, there are various opinions as to whether or not we should say a bracha. Sfardim don't say a bracha at all on halal and Rosh Ashkenazim do say a halal bracha on halal and Rosh But the Alter Rebbe writes in the Siddur that if you daven with a minion, then the chazan should make the bracha on behalf of everybody. On the own. Israel, they say halal for other things too. That's we'll get to there soon if there's time. Okay. Um, okay. So that, so those are the 18 or 21 days. Pesach, the first day, Sukkot, all days, Hanukkah, all days, and Shavuos. Why is there this distinction between Pesach and Sukkot? Pesach, we only say Halal on the first day. On Sukkot, we say Halal every day of Sukkot. Why is there this distinction? And for the Gemara, the Chag, Chalukim, the Pesach, Ein Chalukim, Pesach, every day the same carbonus were brought in the Beis HaMikdash. Sukkot, every day there was a different recipe of carbonus to be brought in the Beis HaMikdash. So every day having a different recipe indicates that every day is its own individual Yom Tif. Every Yom Tif one has to say Halal. Every day of Sukkot is its own Yom Tif and therefore every day deserves its own Halal. Pesach on the other hand, by the fact that it's all the same carbonus every day indicates that it's all one Yom Tif. So if it's one Yom Tif, one Yom Tif deserves one Halal. And therefore, we only say Halal once, and we say it on the first day of Pesach. Frag the Gemara, if that's the case, that every time a day is um, has a different recipe of Kabbanis, one says Halal, what about Shabbos? Shabbos has a different recipe of Kabbanis than every other day. Why don't we say Halal on Shabbos? And the Gemara says, well, that's because Shabbos is not called a Moyed. It's not a festival. It's not a holiday. Moyed is... In, so, so, so in order for, some, for a day to require halal, you need two criteria. It needs to have a distinct, unique recipe for karbonis, and it needs to have be called a moyed. Plus, it only comes once a year. No, that's not one of the requirements. No, but doesn't it only come no. once a year? No. Well, you see, the, well, uh, Shabbos? Shabbos? No, no, Hanukkah. Yes, but here the Gemara, the Gemara, the Gemara doesn't say that we don't say halal on Shabbos because it comes more many times a year. We don't say halal Shabbos because it's not a mayid. But if it would be a mayid, then even though it comes every week, we would have to say halal. Then the Gemara says, "What about Rish Chodesh?" And again, we do say halal on Rish Chodesh, but we say the Chatsi halal, and that's not part of this equation. So, for the Gemara, Rish Chodesh is called a mayid, and it has its own unique. Um, Carbon. 
So therefore, why don't we say halal on Rishchidosh? And for the Gemara, that Rishchidosh indeed is called a Mayid. Indeed, it is called, it has its own carbonus, kar- but <coughs> it's not Osur Basiyas Melacha. There's no, there's no prohibition against doing Melacha on Rishchidosh. And the Gemara connects this to Apostle Kashiri Elochem Kilelis Chadish Chag, that the Shir, the, the, the song, the Halal that we sing to Hashem, has to do with the Chag. Chag connotes a day which doesn't have Halal. So by now we have three criteria. In order for a day to have Halal, it needs to be a Moyed, it needs to have its distinct Korbanus kar- menu, and it needs to be Osur B'Melacha, forbidden to do Melacha. Frag the Gemara, what about Rosh Hashanah and Im Kippur, which have all those three criteria? And we, yet we don't say halal Rosh Hashanah in Kippur. And the Gemara says, the Omer of Avo, Omru Malachi Asher Sinai Hakadosh Baruch The heavenly angels said to Hashem, Rebbeinu Shalolim, Master of the Universe, Mipnimai Nisolim Nochashilaf Anach Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippurim. Why are the Jewish people not saying singing song before you are Rosh Hashanah in Kippur? Amalahem and Hashem responded to the angels, Efshem Malach Yosef Akisaydin. Is it appropriate that the, or possible that the king should be sitting on the throne of judgment? And the books of life and the books of death are open in front of him. And on the such an awesome um, occasion, the Jews should be singing songs. And indeed, this is paraphrased by the Rambam, by who says that Rosh Hashanah and Kippur are not days of Simcha, to at least to the same extent as other festivals. And therefore, we do not say Halal on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. Okay? That's done. So, in order to have um, Halal, we need the criteria, it should be considered called a Moyed, has to have its own recipe for Karbonus, has to be Asubasis Malacha, and it has to be a day of Simcha. Frag to Gemara, what about Hanukkah? On Hanukkah we say Halal, and Hanukkah doesn't have the criteria of Asubasis <coughs> or its own Karbonus, or it's not called a Moyed, it doesn't have any of the criteria. Simcha is questionable. What's with Hanukkah? And the Gemara answers, Mishum Nisa. Hanukkah we say in Halal because there is a miracle. Hanukkah is a, we're celebrating the miracle. The miracle of the menorah, of the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the candles, the oil light lasting for eight days. And of course also um, perhaps primar- primarily the miracle of the victory in the war. And therefore Hanukkah warrants its own Halal. Then the Gemara goes on to say, well, if that's the case, why don't we say halal on Purim? And we'll leave that for later. Um, why is it that, um, I forget where I read it yesterday, but uh, um, the women are not obligated to say halal except on Hanukkah. They are obligated to say halal. Very good. Hanukkah. So that's what we're going to discuss now. Whether or not, well, it's not so clear that women are obligated to say halal on Hanukkah. We'll get, that's what we're going to discuss. Um, I don't know if we have, I don't think we'll have time to finish all the opinions, but we'll definitely that that, that will be the first way to discuss. Okay, so <coughs> now, in general, so there seems to be a bit of a, a um, problem over here, but but let's introduce another thing first. In general, of course, everyone is familiar with the principle that women are exempt from fulfilling a mitzvah sasei shas mangrama, any time-bound positive mitzvah. 
which any, any part of the mitzvah which is defined by a certain time to do the mitzvah, <coughs> women are exempt from doing. That's why women don't have to wear tefillin, because you only wear tefillin during the week and only during the day. You don't have to the bed, sit in the sukkah, bench, all the, all the mitzvahs that we know women don't have to do is because they are mitzvahs of Seisha as Mangrama. Almost all the mitzvahs. Who, who can think of which negative mitzvah women don't have to do? Which negative mitzvah doesn't apply to women, even though it's not bound by time and it's a negative mitzvah? Oh, sure. They can't. No. One, one which they, they are allowed to do, and, uh, many, and probably some women do it. The prohibition against shaving the beard or the, or the pace. Women, if they have facial hair, are allowed to shave it with a razor, and women are also allowed to shave the hair over here, which women, are, which men are obligated to, are forbidden to cut shorter than whatever size. Right? That's one of the exceptions to the rule. Um, anyway, um, moving on. So, in this Gemara, we only discussed the days on which Halal is said, um, and. Indeed, there are other teaching. There, there is one time where we say halal at night, and that is the halal of Pesach. On Pesach, we say halal at night. During the seder, we say halal on the over the fourth cup of wine. In fact, we start the first two paragraphs of halal on the second cup of wine, and we finish halal on the fourth cup of wine. Now, one of the <coughs> hold on. One of the um, one of the principles is going back. I, I missed one 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 link, one link in the chain. We know there's a principle again, something we've discussed numerous times. If I have an obligation to say something and you have an obligation to say something, I can say it loud. You listen to me saying it, and you discharge your obligation to say it. In fact, we are all all of you are doing this mitzvah right now because the Alter Rebbe Paskins that in order to fulfill one of the obligation to study Torah you have to recite the words of Torah that you are reading, and the, but if you are learning with a chavruso or in a class, then you fulfill your obligation by Shemea Ka'ina, because I'm saying the words, so it's considered as if all of you are saying the words. Um, now, um, that principle only works if the person reciting the words is obligated to do so. So, for example, if you have a 10-year-old boy reciting Kiddush, I cannot be Yotza my mitzvah to recite Kiddush because he's under bar mitzvah, he's not obligated to do so. So the Mishnah says in Sukkah, If a woman or an Eved, who has the same status of a woman as far as these mitzvahs are concerned, or a cotton, somebody under bar mitzvah, were, um, how do you say, Makrin, um, were reading the halal for me, then I have to read, recite it after them word for word. So if I'm, if I'm an individual who, not me, if someone's an individual who um, can't, doesn't know how to recite halal, he can't read Hebrew, or he doesn't know it by heart and he doesn't have a printed book, so then I could say halal loud, and he could be out to the midst of halal by listening to me. What if a woman is reciting halal? 
let's talk about sukkahs, yeah? On the sukkahs, a woman is not obligated to say halal. Why not? <coughs> because it's a time-bound positive mitzvah. Yeah. Right? So a woman's not obligated to, to recite halal. So therefore, if the, if the only person he has to recite the halal for him is a woman, so then he can't just listen to her saying it, but he has to repeat after her word for word so that he himself says the words of halal. Okay, that seems to be a straightforward din. Now, Toysa says over here that this din that women are exempt from halal is true to Sukkot and Shavuos. But on Pesach and, and Pesach during the day. But on the night of Pesach, the halal that we say on the night of Pesach during the Seder, and by the way, our minhag is that we say halal on the night of Pesach, the first two nights of Pesach, we say halal and shul before we go home. That The reason for that is because the halal that we say during the Seder is split into two. We say two, uh, two paragraphs on the, fir- on, the second cup, on, uh, on the second cup and the rest on the fourth cup. So because it's split up, split up you can't say the bracha. So therefore, what we do is we say halal before the Seder in one go without interrupting between and that we say a bracha. And therefore, before we get to the halal Hanukkah, but this is something which I mention every year around Pesach time, that the halal that we say on the night of Pesach, women are also obligated to say. So even more important than davening Mairev, you come home and they're preparing the Seder and they don't have time and they say, okay, quickly, give me five minutes. I just need to daven Mairev before we start the Seder. Well, actually, don't daven Mairev, just say halal. Women are obligated to say halal on the night of the Seder. You give a presentation on this. Yes. So, so, um... So, um, right. But so Toysus here is talking about the halal on the Seder. And he says that halal on the Seder, they do have to say. Well, how do you know they have to say it? Because they have to drink the four cups of wine. We know that women have to drink the four cups of wine. So if they have to drink the four cups of wine, well, the fourth cup is intrinsically connected to halal. So if they have to drink the fourth cup, the cup then perforce they have to say halal. So what's going on over here? This, our Mishnah here says that women are not obligated to say halal, and therefore, if a woman is dictating halal, I have to repeat it after her. I can't be yotzer by listening to her. But the Mishnah, but in Psachim, it's clear that on the night of Pesach, they are obligated to say halal. So Tesis differentiates, and he says, well, it depends. The halal that we say on Yom Tov during the day of Sukkot, Pesach, Shavuos, that's a time-bound positive mitzvah which women are exempt from. But halal that we say on the night of Pesach, that's connected to the four cups of wine, which is connected to the miracle of the Exodus of Egypt. And there is a principle that if if we are doing something commemorating a miracle which also affected the, or applied or the, to the women, so then they also have to do that mitzvah. Which is why, for example, women have to light the menorah or participate in their husbands lighting the menorah. Because women were also saved by the miracle of Hanukkah, and we'll discuss that more soon. So, and that's why women have to have four cups of wine, even though having four cups of wine is a time-bound positive mitzvah. But nevertheless, because the women were also saved by the exodus of Egypt, so therefore they have to drink the four cups of wine, and therefore they have to say halal. So therefore, Teresa says, yes, women are exempt from saying the halals that we say on Yom Tov by day, because that's a time-bound positive mitzvah. But the halal that we say on Pesach night, which commemorates a miracle, which women are also obligated to commemorate because they were also saved by that miracle, so that halal women do have to say. Why do they have to say it twice? Why say it the same way men have to say it twice. I understand. Yeah. Why, why? Because we have to say a bracha. I mean, according to our minute that we say, the Ashkenazim don't say halal twice on Pesach night. But our minag follows the opinion that you have to say it twice in order to be able to say a bracha on it. 
So, so the women are the women are equal to men as, as, far, as far as that is concerned. Okay. Now, based now, Tosis in this in this entire Tosis that we just learned, the word Hanukkah is not mentioned. Tosis doesn't talk at all about the halal of Hanukkah. However, we just learned a Gemara. This is a Tosis in Sukkah. This is a Gemara in Eirechin. They're very far apart. But if you put it all together, we just learned a Gemara which says, "Why do we say halal on Hanukkah? Lechayre Hanukkah does not meet the criteria for an obligation of halal. It's not a moed and it's not asub b'malachir. It doesn't have its own menu for karbanis." Why are we saying Halal on Hanukkah? What did the Gemara say? Mishum Nisam, because it commemorates the miracle. Well, wait a second. If the r- women are obligated on the Halal of the night of Pesach because it commemorates a miracle, so then women should also be obligated on the, to say Halal on Hanukkah because it commemorates a miracle. Right? That's what I think, that's what you were referring to. That's what you read. Because the Halal on Hanukkah commemorates a miracle, which was involved also the women. And the Gemara says clearly that women are obligated to light the menorah because which <laughs> what does it mean that women were also saved by the miracle of Hanukkah? So it could mean three things. One is that there was a war, the Jewish people were in danger of being killed, so they were also in danger. But Rashi says two other things. Rashi says first of all there was a gzera, famous gzera, that the um, any young girl who was to be married had to first spend the night with the tafsar, with the general or whoever, whatever position it was. That's number one. And the second thing, which is even more um, thing, is that a, a woman is the one who brought about the miracle. As the Medrash says, that Yochanan, Kohen Godel's daughter, she went to the tafsar and she gave him cheese and she gave him wine and she, and she managed to kill him. So not only the according to this final chat doesn't just mean that women were also affected by the miracle, but women were actually the one, a woman was actually the one to bring about the miracle. So it makes an even stronger connection. And Tosa says elsewhere that the same is true with the other cases where we say that the, woman, the, the miracle was brought about by women. So women are obligated to have the four cups of wine on Pesach because they brought about the exodus. As the Gemara says, that the exodus of Egypt was in the merit of the righteous women. And there's a third case where we say Purim also, women are obligated to hear the Megillah, even though it's a time-bound positive mitzvah, because a woman, namely Queen Esther, brought about the miracle. Okay. So, based on this whole um, discussion, there are some who suggest, starting with Rebbe Landau, and also before him, some other prominent authorities, um, who suggest by combining this Tosfos and this Gemara and Erechin, that indeed women are obligated to say Halal every one of the eight days of Hanukkah. However, this is far from unanimous opinion. Just for clarification, when you, when you say do Halal, you mean it has to be done in a minion with a blessing? No, it must be done with a blessing, but not with a minion. You can do halal Yes, absolutely. Um, on in, in general, it's always better to say halal with a minion because then you have the part of the idea of halal is to say it responsively, and if you, those parts which we say responsively, and that you can't do without a minion. Um, 
and specifically on those days where we don't say whole halal, like Rosh Chodesh or Chalamoyed and the last days of Pesach, there is an even bigger uh, reason to say it with the minion because there is an opinion that the minhag to say halal on those days is only when you're saying it with a minion. So even though we would say halal or shchedesh even if you're davening privately, but there's even more of an idea to make an effort to be with a minion on those days. So if you're if you're doing it privately and you can't do the the parts with the minion, it's still considered a whole halal. Yes, and according to the Chabad custom, when even if you're not with a minion, you always say halal, and even if it's shchedesh, you still make a bracha. If you're davening with a minion, then there's the idea to listen to the chazan making the bracha for you. But if you're davening by yourself, you can make your own bracha according to the Chabad custom. Um, by the way, I should mention something about that also, which I noticed is often overlooked. How many brachas does Halal have? Start to finish. Halal has two brachas. There's one at the beginning, Asherka Tashalom, who says, if it's one in the Kriya, it's Halal. And then there's one at the end, Baruch Atah Hashem, Alech Mulla Batish Brachis. Now, if you being if you do it the way, like on Rosh Chedesh, to hear from the Chazan, so then, you're supposed to say the bracha, you listen to the chazan say the bracha at the beginning, Likra is a halal, you say amen, and you recite the bracha. But also when you get to the end of halal, you don't read that last line, Baruch HaTash Bachis. You stay quiet, and you listen to the chazan saying it, and you do not say Baruch HaTash but you do say amen, so that you could be yoked to that bracha from the chazan. For some reason, um, I've, I think that's a bit neglected. I think people don't realize that that bracha at the end is also not to be said and to listen to the chazan saying it and and say amen. Um, the instructions are in small type. Yeah. Per, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll make a confession. Personally, I do make my own bracha on Halal on Rosh both at the beginning and at the end. I always make my own bracha because it's there's a lot of discussion about it, but it seems that that was, um, notwithstanding what the Alter Rebbe writes in the Siddur, there are many who have that custom and the Rebbe even alluded to it once, um, that it's uh, it, that one should say one, that one's own bracha anyway, and um, it's of much ink has been spilled over this discussion and whether or not it's appropriate or not, but be that as it may, that's the way I was taught as a child, and that's the way I still do. But um, in this shul, Rabbi Epstein always announces that we go to the bracha from the chazan, which is what it says in the Siddur, it's 100% right, they're both, yeah, I think both are right, but I just, if you're doing it that way, you should do it right, you should, yeah, you should do both the beginning and the end, the Yotz from the Chazan. Okay. Um, the Rambam. The Rambam talks about the laws of Halil in the laws of Hanukkah. So, he even the laws of halal that apply to all the Yom Tevim, he doesn't speak about it in every occasion. In the laws of Hanukkah, that's where he speaks about it. And he says that on all these occasions, and he's talking here in, in the laws of Hanukkah, so it's quite obvious, that if a woman was dictating the halal to you, it's not enough to be yotza from her, you have to repeat the words after she says it. Now, according to Reb Levi Landau, on Hanukkah, if a woman recites halal, can I be yoked to the mitzvah from her? Can a man be yoked to the mitzvah from her? You just said no. Well, according to you, not according to the Rambam. <laughs> you, said, you said that women are obligated to say halal on Hanukkah. I, I, I said, I, I, I made the statement. I, I read someplace <laughs> yesterday that 
uh, although women are not obligated well, to say hello, they are. Obligated there's very, it's okay. I don't mind if that's your opinion. There's many great people who have the same opinion as you. <laughs> well, <laughs> the the Shevet Halevi and and Rabbi Yom Chaim Bachrach and many others throughout the generations held that women are obligated to say hello on Hanukkah. Okay. Right. So I like to attribute that opinion to you because in this year you were the one who first introduced mm-hmm. it. So, so according to, back to your question, yes, can, can I be Yotza Hawel from a woman on Hanukkah? On Sukkot for sure I can't. But what about on what about on Hanukkah? Or what about on the first night of Pesach? If it's uh, if you cannot be Yotzi a woman on any other brachas, then why should it be? Because uh, the reason why you can't be Yotza from a woman is because a woman doesn't have the same obligation as me. Just like you can't be Yotza from a ten-year-old child because he's not obligated to do it. So therefore, on Sukkot, a woman has no obligation to say halal. She may say halal if she so chooses, but she's not obligated to do so. Because her recitation is a voluntary recitation, not an obligatory recitation, it doesn't have the potency to discharge my obligation, who have, uh, because I need an obligatory recitation. Well, that's right? But on the night of Pesach and Hanukkah, if you say, like you suggested, that women are obligated to say halal, it would seem reasonable to say that well, a woman can be might see a man his obligation to say halal, right? Yes. Yes. Does everybody else agree? It certainly seems that way from what he said so far. Yes? Sure. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> right? But the Rambam doesn't say so. The Rambam says that women do not recite, cannot be me on halal, which would indicate that the Rambam holds that women are not obligated to say halal on Hanukkah. So what's going on over here? The, Ram, the Gemara says in Erechim that Hanukkah we say halal because of a miracle. We know that a miracle which any miracle which also um, involved the women obligates the woman to do whatever that we're doing to commemorate that miracle, so why should women be exempt from halal on Hanukkah? So, but is the Rambam hmm. saying that you can, uh, uh, you cannot be? Uh, He's a, you, uh, uh, the woman. Uh, for saying uh, halal on Hanukkah because she is not obligated to say it on Hanukkah or because you cannot uh, you cannot be yotzer from a woman uh, there's no there's no reason not to be yotzer from a woman if she's also obligated to do it right so no anytime she's obligated we can be yotzer yes there's no sneeze issue if it's not there may be there may but that wouldn't be an intrinsic problem that would be there, there is such an in Tavi Meira which the Rambam also brings over here when, but that's Sort of besides the point, it might be, it could be valid, but inappropriate to do so in certain situations. But we're talking about the on the core issue, isn't it? I don't want to get in trouble with the HR department. <laughs> <laughs> well, as Rabbi Epstein would say, if you if you let the women know that that uh, they can say it for you, then pretty soon they'll want to write the right to vote. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, they'll want to vote. That's yeah. a, that's a Rabbi Epsteinism. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anyway, so just a second. How are we gonna bring this? Wrap this all up. <coughs> Still doesn't seem to fit the the the, the whole issue of w- women not having to do with time-oriented mitzvahs, but the author emphasizes because the the woman is subservient to the man. 
among other reasons, and it's explained yeah, but it's like, but and now we have on Hanukkah, where to, to say to say Hallel, what? Why, why is that all of a sudden? Well, it's like any uh, like any time. But this is an exception to the rule. The concept that women are exempt from a mitzvah, such as time by positive mitzvah, is a rule. And like in most rules, there are exceptions to the rule. So the reason, whatever reason you're going to give, why they're exempt from these mitzvahs is only going to be the reason for the rule. It's not going to be the reason for the exception to the rule. And there are many exceptions to the rule. We always, we always, we already give them off when the, when the candles are burning. <laughs> right. <laughs> so <laughs> now we have to give them time to do this too. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would be enough. So, um, So one way to understand it, and again, I'm, I'm sort of running out of time, and I want to just wrap it up, is that when the, one of the ways to understand it would be like this. That, that when the Gemara says that, that on Hanukkah we say halal because of a miracle, we're not now saying that the, that the, the status of halal on Hanukkah is um, that of something we do for a miracle, and therefore all the and all those principles that would therefore obligate women now come into effect. What the Gemara is saying is that because a miracle happened on Hanukkah, therefore the Chachamim gave Hanukkah the status of a Mayit. And now Hanukkah has the status of a Mayit. So a Mayit has, you have to say halal. But once it's the status of a Mayit, it's not it's not that this halal is, we're saying halal now because of this miracle. Because we had a miracle, therefore Hanukkah becomes a moyet. And because Hanukkah is a moyet, so then automatically you have to say halal, just like you have to say halal on Shavuos, on Sukkot, on, on you're not saying halal to commemorate the miracle, even though Sukkot is commemorating the miracle of the Anani HaKovid, yeah? But we're not saying halal on Sukkot to commemorate the miracle, we're saying halal on Sukkot because it's a moyet. So what the Gemara is saying is, according to the Rambam, that, that 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 because the miracle happened on Hanukkah, therefore Hanukkah has the status of a moed. And going back to where we started from, where we introduced the story of Hanukkah in the Gemara, the words of the Gemara were Loshana Acheres the next year, Kavom they fixed these days, Va'asoim Yomim Tovim they made these days Yomim Yomim Tovim Behalal to say Halal and Alanisim. In other words. If you read the words, it's not a Yom Tif, like a regular Yom Tif that you're not allowed to drive. It's a Yom Tif by virtue of the fact that you have to say Halal. Like you have to say Halal on Sukkot. Like you have to say Halal on Pesach. Like you have to say Halal on Shavuos. Nothing to do with a miracle. Yom Tif, Hanukkah, because it was a miracle, but that's the cause, not the effect. The effect is that it becomes a Yom Tif, and therefore you have to say Halal. And this is also uh, perhaps um, alluded to in a Toysavus who explains... Elsewhere, Toysus explains why it is that it's a Toysus in Tanis, why it is that we say Halal every day of Hanukkah. And again, remember the Gemara this made this distinction between Sukkot and Pesach. On Sukkot we say Halal every day, on Pesach we only say Halal once at the beginning. Why? Well, the Gemara says because on Pesach there's only the same menu for Karbanis every day, and on Sukkot is a different menu. So what? So Teresus explains that because Sukkot has its own carbonus every day, and this is the way I introduced the concept, because it has its own carbonus every day, that is an indication that each day of Sukkot is its own Yom Tif. Right. right? 
And the same is true with Hanukkah. If Hanukkah was saying the halal for the miracle, you would say halal once. There's one miracle or whatever, perhaps. But no, we say halal every day. Why? Because the miracle became greater each day. Therefore, and what does Tosus say? He doesn't say, therefore, the miracle warrants another halal. Therefore, each day of Hanukkah is its own yamtif. So again, we see the, 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 the precision is, the precise way of looking at it is, that because there was an extra, every day of Hanukkah, the miracle was greater, therefore each day of Hanukkah becomes its own yomtif, and because it's its own yomtif, therefore you ha- one has to say halal. And if the reason we're saying halal is not directly linked to the miracle, but it's directly linked to the fact that each day of Hanukkah is its own yomtif, so then women are exempt, like they're exempt from all other mitzvahs, so according to the first opinion, according, we could call it uh, Rashi and even Taisus, who say that the miracle of Hanukkah commemorates the, uh, um, the, the, the halal of Hanukkah is for a miracle, and therefore one would suggest, as many do, and ideally, if possible, the women should follow this if they're able to, they should say halal on Hanukkah, because the halal on Hanukkah commemorates the miracles of Hanukkah which were affected, which affected the women and were perhaps even brought about by the women, and therefore they should say halal every day of Hanukkah. But, according to the Rambam and the others, one could suggest that, um, that no, that that the halal on Hanukkah, that women are actually obligated to light the menorah, that's explicit in the Gemara, but the halal on Hanukkah is only an obligation upon men, because Hanukkah is like every other Yom Tif that one says halal, and therefore for women it remains a voluntary, which they're allowed to do if they want to, but they're not obligated to do. How about when a, a, a wife lights Shabbos candles on Friday evening? Isn't she obligated to do that, and isn't the husband Yom Yes. What, what, and what's the question? Time-based. That's a time-based positive mitzvah. Okay, so that's another one of the exceptions to the rule. <laughs> but but but, but it's, um, it's the, there. It's the, it's really the man's obligation. But the <coughs> it's been it's been sort of transmitted to the women, and the woman is like you said, discharging the man's obligation. But but women are also obligated to do it. Regard anyway. Again, that's another one of the exceptions to the rule. And if if is. If each day is a, um, uh, a new holiday of uh, uh, well, Hanukkah, then why don't we, when we're lighting the, the menorah, why don't we say Shekhyanu each day? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> that's a very good question. Levi, you're pretty sharp today. <laughs> because, like we said before, the ans- it's a good question, but there's also a good answer. <laughs> the answer is like this. The... Hanukkah has a quasi-yomtif status, right? It's not a regular yomtif. You're allowed to drive, you're allowed to do malachi, you're allowed to go to work. Um, as far as halal is concerned, we gave it the status of a mayat. Shechayonu, you only say on a full-fledged yomtif. You don't say halal on a reshechayonu on any quasi-yomtif. You only say halal on a full-fledged yomtif. But there's another occasion when you say halal besides an yomtif. There's two times, basically, well, there's many, there's many situations where one could say Shekhyonu. One of the situations is on a Yomtif, which is not... And the other situation is, when you say Shekhyonu, the first time, when you do a mitzvah which comes from time to time, any irregular mitzvah, you say Shekhyonu. Right? Now, when you say Shekhyonu, when you make Kiddush on Rosh Hashanah, you're not making Shekhyonu on a mitzvah, you're saying Shekhyonu on Rosh Hashanah, because it's a Yomtif. 
When you say Shekhyonu on, 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 even on Yom Kippur, yeah? We say Shekhyonu after Kol Nidre, we say Shekhyonu because it's a Yom Tov. You're not, you're not saying Shekhyonu on a specific mitzvah that you're doing. The same is true with, okay, with Sukkot, it's actually a combination because in Sukkot, you're saying Shekhyonu because of the Yom Tov of Sukkot, you're also saying Shekhyonu on the mitzvah of sitting in the Sukkah, which is why on the first night, you were, people always got confused. The first night and the second night, where you say Shachiyonu first or Neshev Basuka first. That's connected to this because the first night the Shachiyonu is also going on Neshev Basuka, and therefore you make the Neshev Basuka first, so the Shachiyonu should apply to that as well. <laughs> right? On Hanukkah, we're not saying Shachiyonu on the Yom Tif of Hanukkah because it's enough of a Yom Tif to warrant Halal, but it's not enough of a Yom Tif to warrant Shachiyonu. But yet, we do say Shachiyonu on the first night of Hanukkah, because in the first night of Hanukkah, you're making Shachiyonu on, on the mitzvah of kindling the Menorah, which is a mitzvah that comes from time to time, just like you say Shachiyonu the first time you blow Shafer, even though you already said Shachiyonu last night on Kiddush of Rosh Hashanah, you say it again when you blow Shafer. And the first time you say Klolov, you say Shachiyonu. And when you read the Megillah on Purim, you say Shachiyonu, etc., etc., because those are mitzvahs which come from time to time, they warrant a Shachiyonu. But, that, but, but then it's only the first time. Right, we don't say Shachiyonu on the second day of Sukkot when you bench Lulav, only on the first day. Yeah. A very good question. Okay, unless there's more questions, we'll stop, we'll stop here.